welcome to the No Room Without Podcast. I am your host, Kyra Hi, I've got such a juicy episode for you today. I've been sitting on this episode for a long time. I actually recorded this originally when this show was still called Bold, Brilliant and Broke. So, you know, I feel like I've pulled it out of the archive for you, but it is such a good one. I'm talking to my, I'm going to call her a dear friend because (laughs) that's what we've kind of become to each other. Good internet friends, business buddies, Elizabeth Styles. Now, some of you may already know her and if you don't, let me introduce her to you. She is a fashion brand consultant and she works with independent brands, young designers, niche brands to help build their presence on Instagram, work with factories and suppliers so they can essentially turn their ideas, their dreams into thriving fashion businesses, okay? And just from that introduction alone, I think you know why I wanted to get her on here. But she's got such a gorgeous amount of knowledge that I really wanted her to share with you today. So what we're really going to get into into today's episode is how she got into this line of work. I know lots and lots and lots of you are wanting to build brands, are seeing building a brand in your future, and you're not really sure how to put the pieces together. Elizabeth is really the go-to person to to look at that for you. And also maybe you're thinking that you have built up this wealth of knowledge in the industry and you've got all this insider goodness inside of you basically. And you're wanting to know how to offer your services and offer what you know as a consulting service. Maybe you want it to be an addition to what you already do as a creative, just to make some extra money or extra income. Maybe you see that in in your future. So, We really get into it in today's episode. It is so, so fun. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And don't forget, if you've loved this episode, don't make sure you screenshot it and tag me on Instagram at Kyra the Bold so I can hear your key takeaways. And without further ado, here's Elizabeth. joining me on the show today how are you doing I'm good thank you how are you I'm good so we booked this conversation a little while ago and this is actually the first podcast interview that I've had during this time of lockdown and so this is like hot off the press everyone and I had a lot of time to like stalk Elizabeth's Instagram and her website but just for everyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do could you tell everyone like who you help Yes, so I'm Elizabeth. I'm a fashion brand consultant and I work with independent businesses. I try not to say small businesses because for some reason I just don't like the word small. So even if it is small, you can still have like big dreams. Um, Independent fashion brands who are either looking to start or want to start or have started and got stuck. And I mainly help them with their sourcing, design, trends, working with factories and um, marketing as well because I realized everybody know like wants to know how to get it made but then once it's made they want to know how to sell it <laughs> uh, so yeah I help on that as well that's a challenge that I've seen with a lot of people that I work with they're like really talented like they're graphic designers or they're writers and they've spent a lot of their time perfecting their craft but they haven't worked out how to sell it and so usually they come to something like this or come to my work to be like okay like now I actually do need to know how to sell it because that all adds up to reaching the customer too so I'd Mm -hmm. love to know why is this work important to you and why do you think it's important to the industry right now I think we're in a really interesting time for fashion, for the world globally. And I'd love to know where you feel like your work fits in to this space right now. 
Good question. Um, <laughs> so I always knew I wanted to work in fashion from a really, really young age. Like I can't even remember a time where like clothes and fashion weren't important to me. Even when I was like three or four, I remember asking my mum if I could like choose my outfits and stuff. Um, and then textiles was always my favourite class at school. Um, and I did well at it. I think that's something that people misunderstand is like there's doing well at something but also really enjoying something and if you enjoy it enough you'll be good at it and mm. vice versa as well and it just breaks my heart when I hear people say oh I really wanted to go into fashion but like my mum thought it was silly or my dad wanted me to get a proper job um so I, I didn't I studied business or whatever and then 10 years later I'm still wanting to do it because that passion never goes away yeah. and I just think what a waste after 10 years you've been doing something that you don't like and then you'll always come back to it like and there's something about creativity and passion and um fashion not passion that you have this passion for that just it, it it won't ever go away so if you're listening to this and thinking I've got that but I'll just try and suppress it it will always come back and uh, get you um so really listen to what those little voices are telling you um and then I never really knew what I wanted to do at uni I didn't even realize you could do something creative at university at the time because I'm like I went to uni years and years ago but it was much it was quite an academic push that I was given I just knew it didn't feel right and I just needed to trust my gut and I did loads of research and found a course called fashion retail buying of which nobody had actually graduated from when I started it it was like a brand new course oh wow um so I took a bit of a risk and went for it and when I was there I, I read a newspaper article that said people are now studying Mickey Mouse courses such as surfing and fashion retail buying <laughs> and I was like how that really <laughs> and it's like been a common theme in my life that I feel like people haven't necessarily taken fashion seriously mm. and every time it's just like a little stab in the stomach um and I'm just I just think why not why can't it be taken seriously it's the third largest money-making industry in the UK the the number one taxpayer in the UK is the owner of JD Sports uh, the richest man in Spain is the owner of Zara. The richest man in Sweden is the owner of H&M. Like, why is nobody taking this seriously? I don't understand. <laughs> and I know one of your things as well is about being creative and making money and having those two things cross over, which I also agree with. So, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a random explanation as to why it's important to me, but it, I guess it's like a, just an instinct. It's never gone away. Um, and I love it. And I love what you said about that desire, like it never goes away. Like, so even if you decide, well, I'm going to become an estate agent or I'm a <laughs> yeah. manager, like that desire, it literally doesn't go away. And mm. in my experience, in my personal life, I've just seen that manifest as in other behaviors, like you get really annoyed or you're like very stressed out yeah. and you're just in this place of like misalignment. And it's really obvious when you are misaligned, I think. Mm. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think just when I see other people get really excited, but I'm going back to that selling point as well earlier, when you can express your passion and excitement and um, desires around that product, people do really pick up on that. And the amount of times that I, I've tried to post on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to post. I'll just post this. And then it does rubbish because you're not feeling it whereas yeah. if you're like really buzzing off of what you're passionate about and you love what you're doing your engagement will be better I promise because that energy kind of flows through and people pick up on it and start feeling the vibes I totally love that it's just a different ball game when you're like playing from feeling and like how you feel then to like rather than to force it which I've been there yeah. so many times and especially like I feel like I when I did fashion design at university there was this whole sense of that you should hustle and it should be hard and you should be up in the studio until 12 a.m and you shouldn't be sleeping and that's just if you want it that much like that's what you would do yeah and since leaving uni I've kind of learned that that is so unnatural to my body and that when I just allow things and when I'm feeling good and when I'm taking care of myself like the work and the productivity is just sky high and like people like can reach out and connect with me it's just a different ball game I think 
Yeah, when I posted on my Instagram the other day that I was coming on your podcast, I got like three or four messages being like, I love Kira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so your energy is obviously coming across as you I'm so so glad and so happy to hear that so we've spoken a bit about what your journey has looked like from you know from when you started your business up from when you were in university to now and like your career in fashion so could you just talk a bit about what life looked like because I know you have this consultancy but it didn't always look like this for you so what were you doing before you started this so I graduated from uni my Mickey Mouse degree uh, and got a job at Next on their women's spine department for wovens so any like non-stretch tops if you imagine like shirts and blouses and things so I did that for about two years then I went on to the jersey wear department for about three years so I was at next yeah total for about five years then I worked at Miss Selfridge for a year which was by far the most rubbish year of my life um (laughs) it was awful everything that you imagine to be a fashion office is like that's what that was like like people crying in the kitchen people crying in the cupboards people like whispering at the printer whispering at the kettle like it was horrific and there was like a a handful of cute people (laughs) that basically had just graduated and not been like sucked in um but I just got out of there as soon as I could I was only on a maternity cover contract so then I went to work at Georgia Asda on their kids wear department and was managing um, this department was like 50 million pounds a season it was mental like crazy crazy times and I loved it I like really buzzed off of it and in a way sometimes I feel like I could still be there but one of my suppliers got in touch saying they need an account manager um, and would I want to go in and talk to him so I did and actually I didn't want to because this is a random story but when I was at Miss Selfridge he offered me a job and I um I said yes and then he completely fell off the edge of the earth and didn't get back to me and obviously that was when I was in a really low place and then he replied on the same email thread like three four years later saying uh oh we do need somebody now and I was like no like I don't no I'm happy here and my boyfriend was like go and meet him because he's obviously a bit desperate (laughs) (laughs) for a while now yeah and I was like oh okay and then managed to negotiate quite a good little deal for myself um so did end up working there and they set up their own brand called new girl order and when they were setting that up I was managing the team and I was like oh this is really hard setting up a brand there's so many things to think about um maybe I could do like maybe there's other people who want to start a brand but don't know how like they might not have the budget or they might not have the contacts or they might not have the designers like how are people doing this so I went into some Facebook groups and said this is my experience how is everyone else finding starting a brand like does anyone want to have a chat and I got loads of replies back being like yeah how do you do this do you know anyone that can help me with this and the questions that people were asking were things that I could answer, which gave me confidence to think, ah, okay, if I know the answer and these guys don't, that there's a, an exchange there that could happen and potentially it could turn into a business. Um, but mindset wise, like practically I could see it was all going to work. And, and I was like, yeah, this could be good. And I could consult people and I could reverse the idea that everyone's not very nice in the fashion industry and I did I, I got this notebook out and I just wrote down the friendly face in fashion and I still use it now even though sometimes it sounds a bit cheesy but that is genuinely what I want to get across is having somebody that you can reach out to and have a chat um but yeah mentally I was just like how on earth am I going to leave this job because I do actually like it and I get paid really well and I love everybody in the office mm-hmm. what am I doing like who am, who am I to go out and leave this job that everyone would snap at my ankles for uh, it just it, it didn't make any logical sense to leave but I again going back to that idea that just wouldn't go away is like you've got to do this job but by yourself and that just was like swimming around my head 
and I started investing loads in podcasts, audio books, like self-development books. And um, actually before that, I'd also started selling notebooks on Instagram, like randomly, just <laughs> a side <laughs> thing. But it was it was really good because I I met loads of people that helped me in the end. Mm. So even like finding a social media manager, I started talking to life coaches. And then when it came to me pricing my services, I could then refer back to these other women who had done it. And even though they weren't selling the same thing, they were still selling their time. And I was like, these girls are selling a service. Like, why can't I sort of thing? Um, so yeah, I just spent every train journey in and out of London reading and listening and writing and figuring out what it was going to look like and then saving money as well uh, to get like three months buffer. So once I did have the courage to hand my notice in, yeah. I could uh, start paying for a website, getting some photos done, all of that stuff. And then most lunch times, I would sneak out and go meet somebody for like a free consultation. And I know a lot of people were a bit like weird about free work, but I didn't see it as free. I was seeing it as like in exchange for a testimonial. So it was of value to, that I could then put on my website to get more people um, engaged in what I was going to do. So, yeah, I think it took me about nine months totally to get everything down on paper, get my head around it, give like have the courage to actually hand my notice in and leave my salary and go for it but yeah even what even after I left I still had no clients like it was really scary that is so brave I love yeah. it <laughs> look at where you are now it's fantastic I know <laughs> I yeah. love when you told your story like you said about the all these mental stuff that came up all these thoughts like who am I to leave this job like I'm actually super happy here like what is life gonna look like after I leave because I feel like so often we're just like okay I'm going to launch a brand or I'm going to become a photographer or I'm going to be a stylist. And we think it's just as simple as yeah. a website and somebody paying us. But there's mm -hmm. all these thoughts and emotions that really like come up and like, we're like, like starting your own business forces you to like deal with these things and like deal with like how you view yourself and how you view the world as well. Yeah. It's like the, somebody said to me before starting your own business or becoming freelance is the most brutal form of therapy <laughs> and you should really consider liking yourself like getting to a base level of at least liking yourself before you do anything because anything that you do wrong or like you'll really really beat yourself up about it and it can take you down a bit of a spiral so just spending that time whether it is having therapy or counseling or like life coaching whatever that looks like I made sure when I had that three months buffer that some of that was put into mentoring because I just knew that it would be so easy to spiral into like a negative. I'm not usually like that anyway, but I was just like, I don't know what this life could hold for me when I'm on my own. Like um, my mum is my best friend. Like I've got other friends who do it. My dad works for himself, but it's not the same as actually somebody having done it in your industry and being those couple of steps ahead of you to have your back and give you that structure and accountability to keep going so um yeah I, I'd say it was amazing having that mentor I can like I have to say like I've had like a couple of coaches I I'm in like a business mastermind at the moment and we're learning all about like copywriting and how to like write that sales and all this stuff all these things are totally alien to me yeah. and I went on your website and I was like I can totally tell that she's had a coach like I can totally tell <laughs> really it's been like professionally vetted and like it has all been put together so well and so nicely so that leads me on to nicely to my next question in terms of what you do for your clients. So when you meet your clients, like what space are they in and what kind of obstacles do they have to overcome and what do you help them get through? I think I just yeah. asked two questions in one. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's three kind of customers that I work with. One is somebody who hasn't started um, the kind of the girl that we've been talking about really that has an idea but can't figure out how to make it a reality um, or there's something that's blocking her 
from getting it started or there's too many ideas and staying in that ideas stage is like the fun part so a lot of people kind of get locked into that section because once they put pen to paper it's happening and you've got to move out of the idea stage and start doing a bit of the boring stuff so people are like oh I don't know about that or they need to start investing actually some money into it uh, which gets scary so I'd say that's the first kind of person that I work with and getting that idea, those ideas from pen to paper figuring out how to get it manufactured figuring out how much to sell it for all the all the like basics of starting a business mm. um, then the next kind of customer would be somebody who's already started Maybe they're like a year or two in, but they've completely got stuck. They've either lost their creativity, they're in a rut, they just feel like they're winging it. They've been going, but they're not really making any money and can't figure out how because it's just all got a bit messy. Um, so really with those kind of people, it's all about clarity, um, accountability, maybe introducing them to people that like going back to my website I paid somebody to get my photographs done I paid somebody to get my copy done and so actually what are you really good at what do you need to spend time focusing on and what can you therefore outsource to somebody who's probably better at it than you are <laughs> you know um, you can't be good at everything and doing it yourself isn't free like your time is of value and you need to be using that to the best it can be um and then the third kind of person I work with is, um, as an example, would be a brand called Lucy and Yak. And they've been going for like two or three years. They're making a good amount of sales, but they've got no experience whatsoever in the fashion industry. Um, so they're, again... What were they selling before? Say that again. What were they selling before? Um, so they've always sold dungarees. Okay. Um, but they, they're a couple who came from like a car sales background. So they know how to market it. They know how to sell stuff, but they've just stumbled across this idea and they're selling it. But their background is like so far removed from the fashion industry. And the way somebody described it before is like, I'm the bridge in between the brand and the fashion industry. So like helping them get featured in magazines or like uh, introducing to new suppliers or uh what else just more about like scaling it and introducing them up to the right people and being seen in the right circles sort of thing in a non like wanky kind of way <laughs> do you know what I mean like <laughs> in a good way um and again just it's sort of that kind of level is more like fashion brand therapy I kind of describe it as um because running a business is really lonely and it's really hard and sometimes you just need somebody to have your back and to talk to in a really neutral like non-judgmental way so I'd say that's kind of what I help those people with yeah I love that um can we just like deep dive into something that you said you were talking about like how if you do something for yourself even though it technically would be for free there's no like financial exchange that you go with for yourself but the time that it takes you to like learn how to do copywriting to learn how to do your own accounts or your bookkeeping could you just talk a bit more on that because I feel like that's something that we really don't talk about enough I think as a society or as freelancers we do try and wear all these different hats when yeah. really there's no need to no I think some people do just stumble across their business and they're like, oh my God, no, they, they take a look back at the past six months and they think, oh, how did I even get here? I've got this business and I don't know what I'm doing, which is fine. And that's actually sometimes harder because you, you haven't like set out a budget to start a business and you allocate this amount of money and allocate that amount of money. Um, but trying to take some time out and press pause on stuff and think, actually, no, what am I really good at? What do I love doing? And what do I really buzz off of doing? Because that's where I need to be spending my time. And again, going back to that business um, being a brutal form of therapy, you've got to think, what am I not very good at? <laughs> like, what do I not enjoy? And those two things tend to cross over as well. I know I can't take a picture like even in my friends if they say let's take a picture like don't get Elizabeth to take it she'll make us all look dreadful <laughs> um so I, I can't take a picture and 
I can't write anything. I can talk for days and days and days, but the second I get to a keyboard, I go cold. Um, so I knew those two things needed to be outsourced. And so I did work with a copywriter and a photographer to get those things done. Because even if I spent a year learning how to take good photographs, I would still not be able to do it as well as this girl who is obsessed with taking good images. Yeah. And so what's the point in almost like wasting my time when I could be out making like new connections with people, talking to people, which is what I love doing and um, getting new clients on board when rather than being sat at my home trying to write my website which I'll just never ever be able to do as well as this girl who does it brilliantly and I spent half a day with this girl she's called Charlotte at Media Lux and she watches like your tone and everything of how you're speaking and she'll match it in the way that you speak so that it sounds like you it sounds incredible yeah that's I mean that's what you're paying them to do and Actually, it probably cost me less than a day's work to get all of that done with her. And then maybe another day's work with the photographer, maybe two, it was quite expensive, but it was worth it. I'm still using those images like two years later. Um, and even throughout the winter, you know, when the lighting's rubbish and you, you need to keep posting on Instagram, I've, I've got that back bank of images and it just felt like this huge weight had been lifted that I have all of these images that were taken on a lovely sunny day um so yeah know what you're good at focus your time on it outsource the rest and if you're if money's a problem then look at skill swapping like can you say i'll introduce you to so-and-so in return to help me do this or can i can i give it a go and you check it so it might take a little bit less time than starting from scratch or if you're really good at doing nails, can you do somebody's nails in return for like getting some images done? So it doesn't always need to cost like a financial amount, but even if you cook someone a dinner or whatever, just get a bit creative with how you're outsourcing the things that you're not good at. Totally, I love that. I, Cause I think that money can be such a stumbling block for all of us, which is why yeah. I started this show in the first place. But when you remove that, the shame and the guilt that we have around money like you actually step into this place as you say where you can be creative where you can like open a dialogue with someone and say hey like what what could we work with like what could we do with this yeah yeah have fun have fun with it <laughs> totally so I know that there'll be some people listening and being like like you're sounding really interesting and they're excited about what you do but then there are also people who are thinking I'm not the kind of person who launches a brand like I do have this idea and I know I've had this idea for a while but I don't have that kind of confidence to do that or you know I didn't go to the right uni I don't have the kind of right background what would you say to those listeners who are really doubting themselves to move forward on an idea that they have yeah I actually <clears throat> it's something I want to talk to you about as well <laughs> Um, because self-doubt is massive in the fashion industry even I know women that have worked in that industry for 30 years and they still doubt the decisions that they're making and when I was um, a buyer or working as a design manager I would hire people and I would barely barely look at their CV and it would all be about what experience that they got off their own back what kind of um creativity if they put into this application and how much do they want it and so we would get them in and I would just go tell me about yourself like why do you want it why do you want to work here blah 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 and I would just I don't know it sounds a bit cheesy to be like I would vibe off of them but it would be that like their experience is great but I can teach you everything you need to do in this job in like two days um it but what I can't do is teach you how to be enthusiastic teach you how to be passionate teach you how to come up with creative ideas like that's instinctive so I don't care if you've worked in the industry for 10 years and I don't care if you've studied at the best college if you're really excited and really passionate and really keen to work your butt off <laughs> then I'm interested sort of thing and I think those are the things that you need because nobody else can teach you it. And that's what I'm here for. Like I can teach you how to 
price something or how to set up an Instagram or how to buy a domain name or all of that stuff. You can teach it. You can't teach enthusiasm, passion and, and a, like a strong work ethic. And you keep showing those to people and you keep going and you don't give up. Like no matter how many times people say no to you, like I've had way more no's and door slammed in my face than yeses. But that thing that never goes away, like your passion and your drive, like just know that that like trust that that will see you through, I guess. Um, and on a practical level, because I do like to give practical advice as well actually listen to the things that your mind is saying to you so who am I to start a brand write those things down like write it down and read them out to yourself and think would I say those things to a child and if you wouldn't it's probably not a very good idea to say them to yourself <laughs> because you're trying you know like a child tries to walk and if they don't walk straight away you don't kick them down you know you go come on let's try again try again try again and that's the, the tone that you should be speaking to yourself in. But once you actually get it out of your head and you realise how mean you're being to yourself, it's actually quite shocking. So trying to uh, be intuitive with what you're actually saying, get it out onto paper, read it back to yourself and you'll be like, wow, that's brutal. I, <laughs> I need to stop doing that. Such a journaler, like every day, like I have to literally get all of my thoughts out. I literally like throw up in my, <laughs> up on my shelf. Like I don't even know what to do with them. It's just full of notebooks of all the yeah. things that I've been thinking that I've just like been horrible to myself and just like if there's something so therapeutic about getting it out of your brain and onto paper, because yeah. you have that physical space to like separate from those like self-doubt thoughts and from mm. that like you know self-sabotage cycles, which I love. Yeah, you've expelled them from your body. <laughs> yeah, expel. Yes. So self-doubt is something that might come up. I wonder if there's any other things that will come up for your clients when they are trying to build these brands. Yeah, I think, let's have a think what comes up. Definitely that idea of who am I to start a brand? And my answer is literally as simple as who, who are you not to start a brand? Like, why not? Somebody down the road is doing it. They're less experienced than you, but they're giving it a go. And I read something that was like, are you really going to stop pursuing your passion because of what somebody else may or may not think? And even if they think something negative, what's the likelihood of you finding that out? Like, it's, it's like zero. It's like 0.0001. So why not try it? You know, just give it a go. And why can't it be you? That's my answer is somebody's got to do it. That's what my mum used to say to me if we go for a job interview. If it's not you, it's going to be someone else. So why can't it be you? Um, and then I think that real practical advice is a lot of things a lot of what people come to me for is because everyone's had a business coach or everyone's had a mentor but they're like business mentors that might be flying in the HR industry or the tech industry but it's like how do you physically practically get this idea from inside my head and onto paper like how do I get a tech pack drawn up how do I contact a manufacturer what do I need to ask how do I price it? How do I make sure it's profitable? What kind of content do I need to put on my Instagram? How often should I be posting on there? And um, how do I make it look good? All those kind of things are what I spend most of my time working on with people and setting those goals and figuring out how to achieve them, but in a very like fashion heavy way. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's one of the reasons why I think I started this podcast and I, cause I, why I wanted to coach because I was like, there's loads of people doing this. Like I was consuming all this content from coaches, but I was like, what they're saying is not really matching up. Yeah. What are you feeling uh, working in fashion or like, yeah. how do I take this and use it in a meeting with a client or something? Like, what do I do with, it, it just felt very conceptual and in the air for me. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I love your work is that it is so practical. It is so like step by step, like you do this and you say this and you do this. Yeah. And that's what I know I like as well from a coach, like very black and white, 
but also very you know motivating inspiring and creative and you can do it but like this is what you actually need to do here's a phone number to ring this person <laughs> go, go away and do it and tell me what they said when next time we speak um or email me your to-do list and I'll make sure that you've got it done by the end of the week um because as creatives I'm sure you know with your clients there's a million different ideas going off in every single direction so keeping people on track as well I'd say is something else even during one call I'll be like no 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 come back come back and come back <laughs> I'll answer that in a second let's answer this thing first and um putting all your ideas into a bit of a line rather than them going off into a maze like we bring them all back which ones are relevant which ones can wait which ones need to be done now which ones can be done later um so yeah just getting some fluidity to your ideas fabulous i love that we're gonna circle back now to elizabeth who left her job at new girl order and is like starting this consultancy so a few months ago you've been doing this for 18 months i think you said yeah so what was life like when you had quit your job and you're like okay now i want some clients <laughs> <laughs> yeah what am i gonna do <laughs> what does look like for you yeah um somebody said to me before beware of the silent watchers and what they meant by that was show up every single day regardless of what kind of feedback you're getting if you, even if you can't see it just trust that they're there because how many times have you seen something on instagram say and you think yeah that's good and then you put your phone down or you go and make your dinner or the phone rings or but you don't like it and you don't comment on it you don't share it but you've, you've taken it in and I don't know what it was that I just trusted that those people were there and say I had a thousand followers at the time because I'd been selling the notebooks and people had started to like me for what I do and then I switched the account over to be the consulting over a space of time you know I started like introducing my work and fashion and how I loved it and blah 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 and moved it over and I thought if I got a thousand people in a room that's loads and loads of people <laughs> like the, uh, uh, watching and even if a hundred people of those are actually engaging with it still that's loads of people if somebody were to say go tomorrow and give a talk to a hundred people you'd probably be a bit nervous um so not belittling the the audience that you have at the time and really like really i'm so i'm so passionate about this like showing up to the audience that you have today and thanking them being grateful for them engaging with them as well like don't just expecting them to give you everything and give you all their attention like give that back just support them do little shout outs for other people engage with their stuff like maybe even buy a couple of things that you do genuinely love and channel everything that you want into your actions so if you're supporting small businesses why don't you actually support them you know and like buy something from them or shout them out or introduce them to somebody which I think is massive in the industry it's, it's loads about who you know and what not what you know um so I just put out lots and lots of useful advice and thought one day this is going to come back to me <laughs> I made my prices accessible um I wasn't afraid to ask for the sale. I'd say that's something. I would do lots of free discovery calls, but at the end, I would always leave it with like, here's my prices. And I, you know, sometimes I was scared to say them out loud, but um, yeah, I would say, again, practically, I would do tons of discovery calls and one in 10 of them would come off as a client, but I just kept going. And then it was like two out of 10, three out of 10. And then working with my... Um, coach I was I, I spoke to her and said how can I convert this better and she said you've got to listen at the beginning to the first 15 minutes of what they're actually saying write it all down and then repeat back to them the things that you can actually solve and they'll be like oh my god how did she know that I need help with this and you're like you just told me <laughs> um, but I, I don't think I was doing that at the beginning I was listening to it all and then I was giving my sales spiel at the end and yeah. she was like no 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 just like 
actively listen to what they're saying and solve the problems that you can solve and then say and be honest about this 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 and this I can help you with but this I recommend you go and speak to this person instead um and that that really upped my conversion rate on the discovery calls as to who actually wanted to work with me so it was showing that I was listening to them I love that because even as creatives, like when I went to uni, there was no talk of discovery calls, like no talk no. getting on the phone with a client, listening to their problems and then solving for it. It was all about, my degree was all about like designing and making. And so yeah. I find a lot of people when I've, they've reached out to me because of this podcast or they've just chatted to me and sent me a DM, they're like, I want to speak to, I want to work with a particular brand. Like I have a brand in mind that I really want to work with, but I don't know how to start that conversation but it's kind of like well how would you start a conversation with anybody like you just <laughs> yeah reach out and you can't be in that space where you're like sort of waiting for them to come to you as you said with the Instagram like just trust that if you truly can help them that you will be able to help them yeah and just putting out that I like I showed up every day on Instagram like regardless of who was there some of my posts got 10 likes some got 100 likes some got 200 likes but I would show up every day on stories and my face as well I would put my face on Instagram regardless of whether I had makeup on or not because I knew that at the end of the day people don't want the best they they're going to have to sit with me for six months. Like they're going to have to like me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so actually showing my personality and getting somebody to like me. Like if people didn't like me, that's fine. They'll, I just trust that they'll fall away. But the ones that do like me, they'll see, oh, okay, she's showing up, she's showing up, she's showing up. And then like I saw some girls came to a workshop in September and then like a year later, they worked with me one-to-one that they would they'd been watching the whole year and actually if you look at the way youth buy how many times do you just drop a hundred pounds or 200 pounds like that it takes you time to think about it and you might see it here and you see it there and you go and you hear them on a podcast and you know and they're like okay cool that I've heard them a few times now and so and so's recommended them so now I'll work with them um so I think patience like plays a big part in it as well just not expecting people to make a big decision when you wouldn't do that yourself but like actually think about how you purchase and understand that other people probably buy like that as well like we forget that so often we're like I've spent all this time making my website where's the million pounds yeah and just really banging on about it basically um so yeah you've spent six months on your website nobody else knows that um so even though you're probably a bit bored of it by now like know that other people have barely even know that you exist there's so much um competition online you've really really got to go to town on how much you're talking about yourself (laughs) why not It's so true. And my current business coach, my mentor, Katie Prince, she does this thing with us, like we're in a group coaching program and she has this thing called the three tab test. And it's like, would you and your services and what you offer stand up against the other three tabs that your customer has open right now? And so it's like, if you have fallen away and you're not on your Instagram and you have a period where you don't like upload anything for a week and you don't engage with anyone and like that week becomes a couple of weeks and then mm-hmm. like you're not going to be remembered like our customers and the people that we want to reach they're busy people they have yeah. other tabs open they have other priorities and I guess what you're kind of saying is like how do you keep yourself like top of mind like how do you really let your client know that you're here for them and that you can solve their problems yeah and I saw I, I love an analogy <laughs> but they said think about Domino's pizza how many times do you get those text messages on two for Tuesdays and then you get that leaflet through your letterbox and then you open your um, web browser and it's down the side. Like what they're doing is going, hiya, hiya, hi, hi, remember me, don't forget about us. And then like in a year's time when you're like, oh, it's raining and Love Island's on the TV, like I want to get a pizza. Who am I going to ask? Oh, Domino's. Like they're, far, they're at the front of your mind because you'll think oh yeah they sent me an email the other day or they sent me a discount the other day or there's that thing at the letterbox like they're just 
going at you from all angles basically and you want to they they're a bit much but I'm using them as an extreme example of somebody who's popping up in all different places to remind you that when you need their thing they're the first person that you think of totally I yeah. love that it's a long game it's a, it's a long game yes <laughs> patience and consistency <laughs> two underrated skills out here in life they really are yes <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for coming on the show it's been my pleasure talking to you. I have a question that I ask all of my guests. It's my wrapping up question, and I love this question. What is your relationship with money? And I guess part B of that question is, how has that relationship affected or changed the way you run business or affected you in your work life? Yes. So the, my coach that I've been talking about is called Sarah Aquasombi. Have you heard of her? She's a, um She's a small, well, not small business, an independent business coach um, who runs something called the Noble Business School. Okay. And oh, yes, I've heard of that school. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they run online courses. And I did this course called the Money and Manifestation course. And she runs it with this woman in Canada. And oh my God, she is crazy. But I just am obsessed with her. She wears this like big purple cape and like a, <laughs> this top hat and stuff she's just mental but what she actually says is so like important and she says you've got to know what you want and be really um clear with that she said don't ever say I don't know because it puts confusion and like blurriness out to the universe like be very very clear with what you want and don't be afraid to ask for it um and then you start seeing opportunities that arise once you make it very clear what you want and sometimes you don't know what you want so what you've got to do is figure out what you don't want put it to bed and then figure out what the opposite of that is but don't put out what you don't want because then you just start attracting more of that um so i read the secret which i feel like everybody should read <laughs> totally <laughs> yes um and then, and then this course was like a follow-on from that really and I don't really even really know how to describe it. It was only four weeks, but it changed my life. <laughs> it was just all centered around money and manifestation and putting positive associations to money and figuring out what any negative connotations you have to money, figuring out why they are and then knowing that they're in the past and leaving them there. And just because something's been that way in the past doesn't mean it has to be that way in the future. Um, I'd love to know what do you think you came to the course with like what were your like negative connotations of money that you really were, had to like let go of yeah um I did it about 18 months ago now so it's really hard to think back to what I think I I tell you one thing I didn't think I could make my own money mm. I was just like who who would pay me to work like answer their questions I don't understand like I'm not good enough or I'm not old enough. That was another thing. I felt too young to start my own business that people wouldn't take me seriously. Um, so I thought, yeah, that has happened in the past because I do look a bit younger than what I am. So I've been to see clients before and they're like, what's your experience? And I'm like, I'm, I am actually like in my mid thirties. <laughs> like I've actually had a, had a career. Um, and so I, I always feel like I've got to try and convince people of my experience because of the way I look or the way I act. Like I'm a bit goofy and silly, but actually I, I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, probably getting people to take me seriously um, in order for them to pay me rather than like the business that I work for, the company that I work for, the brand that I represent. Like it's me and my skills. So um, having the confidence within my, myself. I think so how do you feel about money now does it just flow easily like an unstoppable <laughs> force <laughs> yeah I think the more I focused on the positive the more positive things came and I know that sounds cheesy but it's true like it did um and once I I started listening to how people compliment me as well which was another good bit of advice that I got from a book and yeah just going back to earlier that I focus all my time on what I'm good at and make sure that I outsource the things that I'm not good at so I'm always feeling good 
do you know what I mean and just keeping that vibe high totally I love that thank you so much for sharing like this episode is like fire I swear I say that about every single episode but this was amazing (laughs) you've got a good podcast um, do you have any lasting thoughts or any lasting messages that you'd like to leave the listeners at home with yes I think if you want a career in fashion don't listen to what anybody else tells you about it's not a hobby it's not silly it's not stupid it's not um like if people eye roll at it or like oh fashion girl like I'd say stick your two fingers up at them and say I'm going to do it anyway because honestly it will not go away like promise you just try something and whether it's getting a couple of t-shirts made and putting them on your Facebook or your Instagram or telling your friends, buying a notebook and brain dumping some ideas into it, like do something towards whatever it might be, even if you don't know what it is just yet, like taking your creativity and your love for fashion seriously, because you really can make a good career out of it. Thank you for those thoughts. How can we find you? <laughs> I'm at Elizabeth Styles UK, and it's S T I L E S rather than a Y. Um, and I'm www.elizabethstyles.co.uk. Amazing. My DMs are always open. <laughs> guys, so definitely, if you love this episode, please let Elizabeth know because yeah, I it's been amazing, amazing time. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening and I'll chat to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, you creative. Are you just about done feeling stressed out about money? Are you over comparing yourself to your friends and scrolling through Instagram just feeling shit as you look at everybody else's accomplishments? Well, it might be time to book in a call with me and let's explore what it will look like for us to work together. I've helped so many of my clients overcome the comparison, overcome their self-doubt, and now they never look back. They're able to work on the creative projects of their dreams, and you know what? I want the exact same for you. So if you are interested, you need to go to www.kyramatthews.com forward slash book a call and book a free 30-minute consultation with me now. That's www.kyramatthews.com forward slash book a call to get your free consultation with me now. I can't wait to chat to you.